Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Eric Friedman, a mensch through and through, usually the poet, but today, here's a poem for you. It's your special day, and you're doing great. Finally, a man. Because, hey, it's never too late. You'll find him ushering, loving, and serving, and always with a smile. It's a little unnerving. Faithful friend and servant leader extraordinaire, he makes up for, in love, what he's lacking in hair. Hungry for the scriptures, seeking righteousness and truth. Today, you have completed what was missing in your youth. Eric Friedman, a mensch through and through, his wife beside him, his Messiah within him, there's nothing he can't do. Today we celebrate a mitzvah, Eric's bar mitzvah, which he is completing at the tender age of 59.9999, repeating. <laughs> Makes him sound younger, right? Like when you go to the store and it's 59.99, you're like, oh, but it's really 60. Let's be honest. In the months leading up to today, if you came to shul at some point uh, during the week, you'd probably find Eric right here where I'm standing. You would hear him practicing. Um, Eric, it's really an inspiration to witness your devotion to God and his mitzvot, uh, or commandments. So in honor of you celebrating your bar mitzvah, today's sermon is called, It's Never Too Late. Because remember, it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to stop doing the wrong thing. And it's never too late for God to make things right. In the days of the early historic church, there developed a deep chasm, a split, between the Jewish people and the historic church. Of course, all the earliest disciples of Yeshua were almost 100% Jewish, as well as all the writers of the New Testament, the New Covenant, as we call it. But by the year 300 or so, the historic church distanced itself from the Jewishness of Yeshua, the Jewishness of Paul of Tarsus, the covenantal love of God for the Jewish people, and the eternal relevance, the eternalness of the Torah. And this allowed for an anti-Jewish view of the New Covenant Scriptures, which is really mind-boggling. Because the New Covenant is Jewish. It was written by Jews and is a continuation and fulfillment of the Tanakh, 
or the Hebrew scriptures. But because of this split, there arose an anti-Jewish theology, a theology in the historic church that the church has replaced Israel as God's people. And then from there you get the Spanish Inquisition and the pogroms and the theology, even the theology that fueled the Holocaust. A few years ago, Hashem put it on the heart of a rabbi named Marty Waldman, and he gave him a vision to begin a ministry of reconciliation and forgiveness with the historic church. He was, at the time, president of the UMJC, which is one of our umbrella organizations. He was preparing for a message to the union, and he was in his own upper room, and he had a dynamic sense. All of a sudden, the presence of God overwhelmed Rabbi Marty, and he began to weep. And all the anti-Semitism and the strongholds in the history of the historic church came to his mind, and he received a vision for Messianic Jewish and church reconciliation. You see, Rabbi Marty is the son of two survivors of the Holocaust. And so he has a personal connection to the outgrowth of anti-Jewish theology. And Rabbi Marty believes that Messianic Jews are a natural connection between the Jewish people and the church. And our absence in this intercessory role has led to the continuing of the divide. And so the aim of his vision is to bring healing to this ancient fracture. And he launched an initiative, and it's called Toward Jerusalem Council 2, or TJC2. Rabbi Dan Juster, who is the director of Tikkun International and also the founding president of the UMJC, is also involved in this reconciliation effort and dialogue with the historic church um, called TJC2, along with Rabbi Mark Kinzer. And so the Lord laid on Rabbi Marty's heart to lead the way in reconciliation between Messianic Jews and the historic church. And after he got this vision, he got confirmation after confirmation from Messianic Jewish leaders and leaders in the church that this was indeed a vision from the Lord. And they've had miraculous doors open to them to meet with church leaders. An outgrowth of this vision is a very, very long-term dialogue between Messianic Jews and the Catholic Church, which Rabbi Marty um, admits they have been one of the worst perpetrators of this historic divide, including forced conversions as well as persecution and violence toward the Jewish people. However, there have been some really cool testimonies that have come out of this dialogue. Years ago, they met with a cardinal, Cardinal Bergoglio in Argentina, whom they said was very humble and very kind. He wanted, he wanted to hear Rabbi Marty's testimony, his story of God's faithfulness in his own life, and about, he wanted to hear about this vision of TJC2. And then after he heard it, as a cardinal in the Catholic Church, he officially gave his blessing over their work and the reconciliation that they were doing. Pope Benedict had just resigned. 
uh, when they were meeting. And Cardinal Bergoglio was about to fly to Rome. This was his last meeting before he was to fly to Rome to help choose who the next pope would be. And God put a very heavy burden on Rabbi Marty's heart to ask Cardinal Bergoglio if he could pray for him. So he said yes. And then he put a heavy burden on Rabbi Marty's heart to lay hands on him and pray for him. Now, this is very unusual because it's almost never done in the Catholic tradition by someone who does not have authority over a cardinal, much less a non-Catholic. But after about a minute or so, the cardinal said yes. He, he uh, would allow him to lay hands on, on him and pray for him. So Rabbi Marty and the other Messianic Jews, they laid hands on him, and only, only Marty prayed. And he prayed this, that the cardinals would choose a pope that would be after God's heart, a pope that would have a love for Israel, and a pope that would have a heart to relate to the Messianic Jewish community, those three things. And the cardinal was so moved by this prayer, he actually followed them out um, when they were done to the elevator, and he put his hands on Marty's shoulder, and he said, he looked him in the eye, and he said, Rabbi Marty, please pray for me. A week later, Cardinal Bergoglio himself was chosen to be the next pope, and he took the name Pope Francis. Rabbi Marty sent him a note of congratulations. It actually said, Muzzletov. Because, I mean, how does a Messianic Jewish rabbi congratulate a pope? You know, that's what you say. He translated it. He said, you know, congratulations as well. And he wrote, please remember the prayer that we prayed together in Argentina. And he repeated the prayer, a man after God's own heart, a man who loves Israel, the apple of God's eye, and a man who relates to the Messianic Jewish community. And Pope Francis wrote back, please tell Rabbi Marnie, I will not forget. Mishpucha, it is never too late to bring healing forgiveness and reconciliation to an old wound, even one that goes back for centuries. It is never too late to do the right thing, never too late to repent, to forgive, or to work for reconciliation and healing. Now, some people have bad habits that we've formed over the years, and some of these habits are against the Torah. But Scripture addresses this struggle in several places. For example, Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, let's read it together. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Let's read that again. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Seven is the number of completion in Scripture. So, in other words, even if you stumble and fall Completely, the righteous man or woman gets back up. Who among us wants to be a righteous man or righteous woman like that? All right, we get back up. The upright person is not upright because they never make a mistake or they never sin, but they are willing to repent and try again, even if they fail in the same area. 
over and over, righteous man or woman will get back up. Now, this is not a license to be a repeat offender, but it's a measure of grace for those who struggle in this way. In other words, it's never too late to repent and to stop doing the wrong thing. Think of Jonah running away, running away from the call that God had on his life until he humbled himself and he prophesied to the nation of Nineveh, showing God's heart for the nations. Think of Moshe, Moses, who was on the, I guess the 40-40-40 plan, you could call it, right? I would not recommend it. 40 years in Pharaoh's palace, in the lap of luxury. 40 years with the smelly sheep in the land of Midian. And then 40 years leading the Israelites out of Egypt and through the desert. That means he didn't really get going until, if my math is correct, the age of... 80, right? In other words, it's never too late. Raise your hand if you're under 80. Apologize to, okay? Well, even if you're over 80, it's still never too late. You're, you're doing even, even better than, uh, a faster plan than Moses had, I suppose. But even the Messiah Yeshua, he didn't get started in his ministry of healing and teaching and inaugurating the kingdom of God until the age of 30. And even then, he only did so for about three years. And this brings us to the final point. It is never too late for God to make things right. We as humans, we are limited by time and space. If I'm here on the Bema, I can't also be in Cleveland. I don't know where I will be or what is going to happen to me even five minutes from now. In contrast, God created time. And he is outside of time and therefore is not limited to move through life in one direction, one second at a time, the way that we are. This is why God can reveal to a prophet what is going to happen even years later because God is already there in the future. I know that's a little, little trippy, but it, it's, it's true. God can also stop or reverse time as humans experience it. And there are scriptures where this happens. In the book of Joshua, Joshua asks Hashem to make the sun stand still in a battle against the Amorites. And the scripture says that the sun delayed going down for about a full day. Can you imagine that? And, he, and it says there was never been a day like that before or since. In another piece of scripture, uh, God actually makes time go backwards for, I believe, uh, Hezekiah. Uh, so, but in this case, the Amorites would have been worshipers of the sun. So just as in the days of the Exodus, Hashem is showing himself to be king and creator over the sun and over all created things and over all idols and over all so-called gods with a small g. This is scientifically impossible, you might say. Well, that's what a miracle is, something you can't explain by the laws of science. But science cannot explain a lot about what we know and what, what we observe. How is it that you, 
or you or I have a consciousness? How is that possible? How is it that anything exists at all? Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. That's one of the laws, right? So how is it that there's a bima here if it cannot be created? Nothing can, there's no, matter cannot be created or destroyed according to these laws. How can random chance, which tends toward disorder and chaos, according to science, that's the, the chaos theory or entropy, how can that randomly produce a human being with hundreds of organs that work together and millions of cells which also work together, a being which can think about its own existence and even occasionally deliver a sermon? How is that possible? Surely, the creator of the universe can break the so-called scientific laws of the universe which he created, including the laws of time and space as we usually experience them. When Yeshua walked on water, he was breaking the law of gravity. But doesn't the creator of the universe have the right to break the laws of the universe that he made? Yes or no? Yes. So yes, God is outside of time. He is above the creation that he himself made, and he is not subject to its scientific laws. And God can bring redemption to things for which we as humans might say, it's just too late. It is never too late. It is never too late for God to redeem something. Joel 2, verse 25, says this. And this is just after the, the, the verses that um, Eric read for his Haftarah portion. Um, it says this. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Let's say that together again. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locust, the young locust, the other locusts, and the locust swarm. That's a lot of locusts my great army that I sent among you. But what does that mean? In other words, even if it's a consequence for our own sin and our own rebelliousness, if we repent, God can reverse, reverse the effect of our punishment. If we spend years and years wasting our time rebelling against God, He can somehow repay us for those years. Isn't that true, Eric? It's true. This is not, again, this is not a license to sin, but it's, it is a miraculous measure of the grace of God who is outside of time. I've told this story before, but uh, once I went to a, a Shabbat dinner hosted by some Orthodox Jews, and afterward, of course, what did we talk about? We talked about the Torah. And I asked them if they thought Moses ever made it into the Promised Land. And they said... Well, when the Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes, that's when Moses will finally make it. Remember, Moses messed up big. And he pleaded, he begged, he begged God to let him into the promised land. The Lord let him see over into the land from a mountain that was close by just before he died. But he never got there. At least... Not during his lifetime. Matthew 17, verses 1 through 3, 
says this. Six days later, Yeshua took Kepha, Yaakov, and his brother Yochanan and led them up a high mountain privately. As they watched, he began to change form. His face shone like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. Then they looked, and they saw Moshe and Eliyahu speaking with him. Where was this? This was the promised land. This was Israel. And who is there? Yeshua the Messiah, revealed in glory, along with Elijah, who's supposed to come with the prophet, uh, with the Messiah, rather, and our old friend, Moses. He finally made it. He made it. It just took, you know, a couple hundred, maybe over a thousand years. But the God of Israel is sovereign over time. Eric, we are so proud of you for completing this mitzvah in God's good time. By your testimony and by your bar mitzvah today, you have glorified the Creator. This is the Creator God who reminds us through His redemptive work that it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to stop doing the wrong thing. And most of all, it's never too late for God to redeem and make things right. And someday, someday we know that he will make all things right. He will make all things right. According to his word in Revelation 21. And this draws from the Hebrew scriptures. This draws from the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to read it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That's from the prophets. For the old heaven and the old earth had passed away, and the sea was no longer there. Also, I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, See, God's Shekhinah, or his presence, is with mankind and he will live with them. They will be his people, and he himself, God with them, or Emmanuel, will be their God. That's also a quote from the prophets. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be any death, and there will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain, because the old order has passed away. Can we say hallelujah? Amen.